high hopes for the high seas. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. The member states of the UN have reached an agreement to protect the high seas from climate change, overfishing, seabed mining, and other dangers that threaten marine life. The world's ocean covers nearly three-quarters of the planet, but there's never been an international treaty to protect its biodiversity. Negotiations have been going on for nearly 20 years to accomplish an understanding to set up marine protected areas, or MPAs. This weekend's agreement will provide a legal mechanism to protect wildlife and share resources from the high seas, areas that are more than 200 miles from a country's coast. The high seas have unique species that could contribute to human health. In addition, billions of people rely on the ocean for food and jobs. The treaty would move toward accomplishing the 30 by 30 pledge to protect one-third of the seas and land by 2030, made at the UN Biodiversity Conference late last year. Before it becomes effective, countries will have to adopt the treaty and then ratify it, which in the U.S. would require Senate approval. And speaking of oceans, after large rainstorms, runoff from the land that contains contaminants from cars, farms, and sewage is one of the largest sources of coastal pollution. Sometimes beaches are closed because of E. coli or other bacteria from waste in the water, but now there are concerns that pollutants can get airborne in sea spray and reach people a mile or two inland, far beyond the surfers, swimmers, and beachgoers. A first-of-its-kind study from the Scripps Institution of Oceanography shows that viruses, compounds, and bacteria transfer into the atmosphere. As a wave breaks, about one-fifth of the bacteria in it bubbles up and then launches into the air. The team conducted their study at Imperial Beach in Southern California near the Mexican border and were able to link samples to bacteria and compounds from the polluted Tijuana River that flows into the sea. The beach in that area was closed a record number of days last year because of sewage. The researchers determined that three-quarters of the bacteria in the air came from sewage in the surf zone. However, they currently don't know whether the aerosols can make people sick. Most bacteria and viruses are harmless, but more research is needed. Still, the authors say their findings are further support for prioritizing the cleanup of coastal waters. Spring is right around the corner, and soon we can look forward to some of our favorite seasonal fruits and vegetables, like juicy strawberries. But a new study says, buyer beware. Looks can be deceiving. That package of plump red strawberries might end up tasting bland and watery. And the reason could be pesticides. We sense a fruit's flavor by its taste and aroma. Sweetness results from the amount of dissolved glucose or fructose, and smell comes from volatile compounds such as esters or terpenes. But new research found pesticides can disrupt the processes in strawberries that produce these important compounds as well as the fruit's nutrients, including vitamin C, folic acid, and antioxidants. A team led by China Agricultural University grew three groups of strawberries and treated two of them with common fungicides used on berries. Although the fruit looked the same at maturity, they found chemical changes in the groups exposed to pesticides. The strawberries had fewer sugars, which notably turned into acids, making the berries less sweet. They also found lower amounts of vitamin C, and the number of volatile compounds changed, subduing the strawberry's aroma. A blind taste test was the ultimate proof. People consistently preferred the untreated group of strawberries when given the choice, 
which it turns out were the healthier option too. And finally, many insects pee. Just like us, what goes in must come out. And for a bug called the glassy-winged sharpshooter that lives off only water from plant stems, it means hitting the loo a lot. But with such few calories, how do sharpshooters muster the strength to pee? That's what Dr. Saad Bamla of Georgia Tech wondered when he saw the insects, which are a type of leafhopper, doing their business in his backyard. After filming sharpshooters under a microscope using high-speed video, Bamla observed the bugs weren't streaming urine like we would. Rather, they were conserving energy by ejecting water droplets one at a time using a catapult-like appendage on their butts to launch the waste away from their bodies. And the droplets were propelled with a amazing velocity. In a remarkable discovery, Bomla saw that the catapult first squished the water droplet to make it spring from the insect's bottom at a speed 40 times faster than a sprinting cheetah. It's a feat of physics known as super propulsion, where an object moves faster than the thing launching it, and sharpshooters are the first organisms observed to deploy it. Bomla says the discovery has potential for bio-inspired solutions such as removing moisture from wearables like smartwatches or preventing droplets from fogging up glasses. That's it for this week in water. Support comes from G.C. Green, a veteran, woman, and Native American-owned clean energy and resiliency solutions company. Learn more at gcgreen.com.